God is not a liar. He makes no flimsy, phony promises. His promises are strong and can be depended upon. You can stand, you can plant your feet upon the promises of God. Today, I'd like you to open your Bible to Psalm 37. Open up that Bible, Psalm 37, because I want to talk with you today on the subject, the desires of thine heart. Let me begin by saying that God is good. Why? Because that's the kind of God he is. God is good. He is good to the people of this world. He's good to them in general because he's kind God. God sends the blessings of the sun and the rain upon both the just and the unjust. Why? Because that's the kind of God he is. He's a good God. If God only made the crops of saved people grow. Well, I think the world would would be in starvation. God makes the crops of the saved and the unsaved to grow, to feed the hungry of the world. God takes joy in being able to give blessings upon the people of this earth. Why? Because that's just the kind of God he is. He's not a mean old man up in heaven on a throne with a big stick. He's a loving God. Let's never lose sight of that folks. No one ever will be able to show and prove with evidence that God is not good because God is good. God is forever good because that's the kind of God he is. Amen. Believe it or not, God takes even more joy in giving blessings to his own children. God is actually looking for ways and opportunities to send those blessings. Listen, I don't believe in this prosperity gospel junk. I don't believe in that at all. But I do believe in a good God who loves his children and is looking for opportunities and ways to bless them. There seems to me anyhow to be three, three ways in which God sends his blessings upon his children, the children of his family. Number one is blessings that come simply because God sends them regardless of how we live. Folks, let's be honest. We're not living for Jesus the way we ought to every day. Sometimes we're living more for the world or more for the flesh. God still sends his blessings, general blessings of health and food. And how about a a sane, healthy, wholesome mind? God gives us those blessings. Number two, blessings also come through the earnest prayers of his children. That's one way. Another way I should say that God sends his blessings. And number three, and this is what I want to concentrate on today are the blessings that he gives us. Here's why, because he's pleased with our close fellowship with him. In Proverbs 10, verse six, it says blessings are upon the head of the just. If you've been following our series on Wednesdays, then you will know that in Proverbs, when it talks about the just, it's talking about those that are not just saved, but walking God's way. And that's important that we know this. So this third method, this third way of sending blessings, because he's pleased with our close walk, our close fellowship with him. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. 
before we go any further, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. And now heavenly father, father, you are the one who answers prayer. And the Bible says to thee shall all flesh come. There are no other gods. You're the only one. There are no other heathen deities that can answer prayer. You are the one true deity. And father, we worship you. And we honor you and exalt you. And now heavenly father, please open the eyes of our understanding that we would grasp hold of this great truth today. More than likely, there may be some Christians watching today whose heart is intermingled with the world and they're not following you the way they should. Lord, I pray you would light a desire in their heart to want to follow you, to want to just turn their back on this world and follow you fully, Lord. And perhaps someone will be watching who doesn't even know you as Savior. They're not born again, they're not part of your family. Father, I pray that you would encourage that man, woman, or young person to open their heart to Jesus today. And now lead on, O King Eternal. Teach us your truth in Jesus' name. We pray it. Amen. Well, with your Bible open at Psalm 37, I want you to look again, please, at verse number four and read it out loud with me. It's important. You read the the word of God that it comes out of your mouth. Let's read together. Verse four, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That is a wonderful promise of God. And it is true. It is true. It is true. God is not a liar. He makes no flimsy phony promises. His promises are strong and can be depended upon. You can stand, you can plant your feet upon the promises of God. Someone once said, find a promise of God and wait there until he meets you. A lot of truth to that. And so our scripture here is telling us that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, that he will give us the desires of our heart. Now, some people believe that this verse is only saying that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, then he will put into our hearts certain desires, certain good desires, certain true and correct, wholesome, healthy, spiritual desires. And he will put those into our heart if we are delighting ourselves in him. And I do want to say that they're not wrong by no means. They're, they're not wrong. This, this verse does give us that impression. There's some truth to this concept. You know, if we walk close to God, some of the things of God will rub off onto us. And some of those being good desires, Proverbs 13, 20 says he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. And if you fellowship with the Lord on a regular basis, yes, good desires will start appearing in your heart. But I want us to look at the context in which we find verse four. Let's go to verse one. Look at it. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Now, why would we do this? Well, we're not to, to envy after the things they have. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. We're not to look at them and long for what they have. 
and to uh, wish that we were in their position maybe, or that we had some of what they have. We're not to do that. Verse three says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. And so this verse tells us that we're to trust God and he will look after us. Look at verses five and six, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. These verses clearly tell us to trust in God and he will bless us. And look at verse nine, go down to verse nine for evil doers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. So this verse tells us to wait upon God and we will inherit. And so the context in which we find verse four is talking about staying close to God, trusting in him and getting certain blessings from God on our lives. God really honestly wants to give you the desires of your heart, providing those desires are good and proper and honest and will bring him glory. God wants to give those things to you. Adam, Adam stayed close to God and he walked with God daily, didn't he? And yet Adam had a certain desire on his heart. He was longing for some sort of companion. He wanted something like himself. He went through and named all of the animals and he could tell that there was nothing there for him. And so he wanted something for himself, someone like himself that he could be with. And really Adam didn't even know what it was. He, he was wanting, but God knew exactly what it was that Adam was wanting. Remember Adam had never seen a woman before. They weren't invented. He knew nothing of women. Many of us today still know very little about women. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? But boy, Adam knew absolutely nothing, but he had a desire in his heart for some sort of companion, a soulmate. And so what God did was God took it upon himself to give to Adam the desire of his heart. And of course that desire of his heart turned out to be Eve and God performed the first wedding ceremony and brought the bride to the groom and they kissed and they were married husband and wife. The first woman delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Enoch, another man of the old Testament in the book of Genesis, Enoch stayed close to God and walked with God daily. And yet Enoch had a certain desire on his heart. What was that? He was wanting more, much, much more of God in his life, even to the point of going to be with God. And one day God gave Enoch that opportunity. He gave Enoch the desire of his heart and took him home to heaven. And if we were to read in Hebrews chapter 11, we'd find that Enoch received God's gift by faith. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. We come to Abraham and Sarah and they learned 
Over the years, they learned to stay close with God. They learned to delight themselves in God. And God gave them the desire of their hearts, a son of their own, whom they named Isaac, which means laughter. They were so excited to have a boy. Boy, I I think there's a a joy in the Agpoon family today hmm, because of the little boy that God has given them. Amen. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Isaac grew up and delighted himself in the Lord and God gave him the desire of his heart. A wife named Rebecca Ruth later on in the Bible. She delighted herself in the Lord and God gave her a husband, a wonderful husband named Boaz and God used her in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Later came King David. King David delighted himself in the Lord. And when David was approximately 40 years of age, he had a desire in his heart to build a house for God. And he looked around and he could see that he himself was dwelling in a wonderful house, but God dwelt in a a little tent of curtains. And he wanted with all his heart to build a house for God. At first, the prophet Nathan said, go and do it. And then God said, oh, Nathan. Go back and speak to David. And so through Nathan, God told David that it was God's desire that David's future son, who came around something like 10 years later when David was about 50, David knew nothing of this son at the time. It was to be Solomon. But God told David that it would be through his future son that the temple would be built. But God gave to David the joy of for the next 30 years, assembling all of the building materials and the plans and the architectural drawings and the silver and the gold and getting everything all together and ready. And David took tremendous joy in being able to do that. You see, God is not kidding. He says, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, what are the desires of your heart today? What are your desires? What good things are in your heart that you're wanting from God? Could it be uh, children? Perhaps the desire of your heart is for a husband or for a wife. Perhaps the desire of your heart is for a, a home of your own where you can raise the children for God's glory. Maybe the desire on your heart has something to do with business or another job whereby God can bless you financially so that you can bless God's work. See, what is the desire of your heart? If your desire is to win the lotto ticket, listen, you need to change that desire. That's not a good desire. God's not in the lotto business. What? He's not. No. Say, when did he get out? He's never been in. So make sure the desires are good and are right. But what are the desires on your heart today? If they're good desires, not worldly or evil desires, then the God himself has a desire to give you your desires. You see, it's like that in a family relationship with mom and dad and the children. And when the children have certain desires for something good, the parents have a desire to give that to the children say, where'd this come from? It came from God. 
our relationship with our heavenly father. Oh, praise the Lord for, for God, for he is good. Now, let me say this once again. God really, really wants to give you the desires of your heart. He's not kidding. He's not fooling around. He wants to give the desires of the hearts of his children. And someone asked, well, why doesn't God do it then? I have a desire in my heart. I I haven't received anything. Someone may say, why doesn't God give us more of our desires? I have a possible answer for you. If you would turn to the right, to the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, not too far to the right, you'll find Isaiah chapter seven. I'd like to give you a little illustration, show you a true story as to why it is that sometimes it doesn't work. God doesn't give us the desires of our heart. Chapter seven. Now I'd like you to read along with me here. I'll start at verse 10. Here's the prophet Isaiah who came to King Ahaz and it was a, a very um, difficult time for um, uh, Judah and Jerusalem. At that time, forces were building up against them. It was looking like war. And so verse 10, moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz saying, ask thee a sign of the Lord, thy God, ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will ye weary my God also? King Ahaz was approached here by the prophet Isaiah and a tremendous opportunity lay at his feet. He had the opportunity to reach forth and take this offer from God. And God was saying, I will be your deliverer. I will get you through this terrible time. And to prove it, you can ask me a sign, anything you want. You can ask for the sun to stand still. You can ask for the sun and the moon to come out together. You could ask for, for the the weather to change overnight. You you could ask for pink elephants. Anything you want. Have you ever wondered what you might wish for if God ever gave you such an offer? Well, I'll tell you what Ahaz wished for. Nothing. Nada. Zip. A big zero. You say, why? Why? He could, have, he could have had the desire of his heart. And the reason is, Ahaz had other plans. He wanted to go and make an, an allegiance with, with Egypt. He wanted to make uh, a pact with foreign, uh, foreign nations to come to his rescue. He wasn't willing. He wasn't wanting to trust in the Lord. And this I suggest to you is why he never got this wish granted. You know, a lot of us Christians were something like that. We're kind of mixed up with the world. Yeah, it's true. 
You know, it's sad. This is true, but it's sad that some Christians would feel more at home in Hollywood than they would in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, even in the days of Jesus, they'd feel all kind of out of place and nervous, not knowing what to do, what to say. But if they were suddenly on the streets of Hollywood, they'd be looking at the, the handprints in the sidewalks. They'd be recognizing certain movie stars. They'd be ooing and aahing at certain signs, the big Hollywood sign. They'd feel more at home there than they would where they ought to be. Now, I, I don't know if that spoke to anyone's heart today. But listen, your heart ought not to be mixed up with the world. Ahaz's heart here was mixed up with the world. I want to show you a promise that God makes in the Old Testament. And it's still true today. For this, you'll need to turn to the left and go back to Second Chronicles. I'll give you a moment to find Second Chronicles. You know, Christians who read their Bible on a regular basis, they know where Second Chronicles is. If you're fumbling and, you know, wondering, and you got to keep going back to the index here, oh, where is this? What did he say? Chronicles. That was it. Yeah, he said Chronicles. Where's the index? There should be an index here somewhere. Oh, there's the index. Chronicles. Oh, yeah, page such and such. You need to be reading your Bible more. Second Chronicles, not first. Second Chronicles, chapter 16. And I'd like you to look, please, at verse number nine. Take your pen or pencil and underline it. And you can't do that if you're using a cell phone. So get a real Bible and a pen or pencil. And verse number nine is a promise that God has made. And it's still good today because God is no liar. Follow it along for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Wait a second. Someone might say, Oh, I'll never be perfect. That's not what it's saying. Beloved It's saying that are you saved and are you walking with God? And are you leaving the world's side and running to God's side? That's what God is interested in. That's what he's looking for. But for believers that are mixed up in the world, look at this, the rest of the verse herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. And you know, it's very true, especially for Christians that are really backslidden. They don't read their Bible. They don't pray. They're not walking with the Lord. They're backslidden. You know, the Bible says the way of the backslider is hard. A backslider shall be filled with his own ways. Very true. If you're not walking close to the Lord, I beg you and beseech you in Christ's stead, be reconciled with God. This promise here in second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse nine is a promise that's still true today. And I love the one we looked at Psalm 37, four delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now notice again, what God said, he said, delight thyself, right? And he will give, give, he will give, he will give thee 
the desires. Notice there's an S it's plural. He will give thee the desires of thine heart. Did you catch that? Now in my own life, I have seen God give the desires of my heart so many times. So, so many there, there's more than I can count, but I want to share just a few with you. I had a desire to go to Bible college. That was worth thousands of dollars. And I went in 1978 and God gave me, he gave me my Bible college. I didn't graduate with debt. I didn't owe the government anything. He gave me Bible college, thousands and thousands of dollars. Number two, I had a desire in my heart for a wife and God gave me the desire of my heart. She's here with me in church today. Number three, both my wife and I had a desire to have children and a desire to have grandchildren. And God has graciously given them to us. He gave them to us. We both desired to own a house and God let us buy one. Now you say, well, so what? Well, I'll tell you. So what in the ministry? It's not made of money. We're not in the charismatic business of faith healing where we, we, we take in tens of millions of dollars and perform these so-called miracles. Never. We just trust in the Lord. You see, and God met our needs, but how would we ever buy a house? The Lord let us do it. Not once, but twice. Once back in Ottawa, once right here in Surrey. God gave us the desire of our heart. We wanted a dog. We decided we wanted a great Dane. Imagine that. You know, those great big dogs, they, they almost look you in the eye. We wanted a great Dane because they're so, they're so fun. They're so goofy. They're so big. They're worth thousands of dollars to buy. We had no money. God gave us the desire of our heart. He gave us a great Dane and not just one. He gave us two. The first one we had it for a few years. It died. God gave us a second great Dane. (laughs) Delight thyself also in the Lord. And so what? And he shall give thee the desires, plural of thine heart. I desired to start a church. God gave me the desire of my heart, not once, but twice. Once back in Ottawa and once right here in Surrey. I desired to grow Grace Baptist Church so that we could do great things for God. We started with six people. Myself, my wife, our three children, and one old lady. Six of us. And God has seen fit to grow Grace Baptist Church and blossom us. And we're still green and growing. Hallelujah. God gave it to me. 
I had a desire to start a Bible college so we could train future Christian leaders. God gave it to me. I desired to have a team, a team of great Christian men to serve the Lord with so we could do more for him. God gave them to me. I desired to support a hundred missionaries around the world to reach the world's people with the gospel. Today we have 95 missionaries and God has almost given me a hundred missionaries. Now I'm a little hesitant to tell you about this latest gift, a latest gift of my desire, but I do so simply to remind you that God is serious, serious when he says he wants to give us the desires of our heart. Now this all happened about two weeks ago. As most of you know, I don't, I don't have much money. I don't make a, I don't make a hundred thousand. I don't make 90,000. I don't make 80,000. Keep going folks. Keep going. I'm not made of money. I drive an old car. My car is a 2001. It's 20 years old. Now, don't get me wrong. It's still a good car. Engine, transmission, tires, brakes, the body, everything is still servicing me well. But for a few months, I've been talking to the Lord and I've been, I've been saying to the Lord, you know, do you think maybe we could get something a little bit newer Lord, maybe trade in the car, get something a little bit newer, maybe something a little more comfortable for my aches and my pains, something with a little more comfortable ride, you know, for an old man, cough, cough. So we went looking at a few cars we look at them Craigslist and we went out and looked at a couple either they were way too expensive or they were a piece of junk. Couldn't find what we're looking for to make a long story short. God directed me to call the owner of a small used car lot over on Vancouver Island. Now the man's name is Mr. Lee Henderson and he had on his car lot a large comfortable car. It was a little newer than mine. Mine was 2001. This one is a 2003. Hey, we're going places folks. When the whites move up to a 2003, praise the Lord. But he had this nice 2003 car. It was in immaculate condition. And of course it had a longer wheelbase. It made the ride much softer, more comfortable. He was asking $4,000 for the car, which was a fair price, a fair and reasonable price for that car. Well, I got to talking to Mr. Henderson and I soon found out that he was a born again Christian. Well, ha, this opened a whole new topic and we spent two and a half hours on the phone talking. We talked all about God. We talked about how we got saved we talked about the car as well, by the way, but here, Mr. Henderson has been saved just about as long as I have. And he has served the Lord in various capacities over the year. He's been a faithful man. He knows a lot of scripture and we were just rejoicing together. And near the end of the phone call, he said to me, pastor, I'll tell you what, if you come over here, I will give you this car. 
free and clear. You say, Pastor, what would you do? I nearly dropped the phone out of my hand is what I nearly did. And truth is, Mr. Henderson was very serious. And I was so very grateful. And I thought of Psalm 37 verse 4. And so a week ago Thursday, Mrs. White and I, we took the ferry. We drove over to Vancouver Island. I met up with Mr. Lee's three growing sons. These guys are wonderful. And I told Mr. Henderson, if you ever want to get rid of your sons, you call me. I'll, I'll drive over. I'll get them. All three of them, if you like. I'd love to have these guys as my sons. <laughs> but his three growing sons, they waited on us hand and foot. They treated us like royalty. They washed they cleaned and detailed this car that I was getting for free. They gave me a brand new radio to go in it because there was something wrong with the one that it came with. They filled the tank up with gas. They filled the tank of my old car up with gas. They even wanted to wash and clean and detailed my old car. And I just felt they were doing way, way more than what I could possibly receive. And so I lovingly asked them to stop blessing me. Have you ever had to do that? I had to do that. Lovingly asking them to stop blessing me. It was more than I could handle. Everything I'm telling you is absolutely true. Before Mrs. White and I left that day, Mr. Henderson asked one of his sons to give me an envelope. In it was a personal gift of a thousand dollars. Absolutely true. My cup was overflowing with blessing. Do you have that picture? Put that picture up. There's the car. That's what the Lord gave me. That's my new car. You know, it, it really feels like God's promise in Malachi chapter three, when we tithe and God says, prove me now. He says, I'll open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22 says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. Amen. Folks, I am thrilled to be the owner of an old car given to me by God through his servant, Mr. Lee Henderson. And I am thrilled to now turn around and do the same thing for someone else. I'm giving away my car, which still runs great. I'm giving it away to someone here in our church who doesn't have a car. Freely ye have received, freely give. The Lord spoke directly to my heart on that. I'm thrilled to be able to do it. People, listen to me. This man, Mr. Lee Henderson, has blessed and honored your pastor more than what I could ever receive. And I want you to write his name down right now. Take a pen and paper. Write this name down. I'll tell you why. Write his name down. Lee Henderson. Write his name down. Because I want you to start going to God in prayer. And I want you to ask God to bless this back to Mr. Henderson. Now he doesn't, he doesn't know I'm telling you to do this. 
I want you to ask God to give him 10 times what he ever gave me. Would you do that? Here a man goes out on faith and he does something like that for a total stranger. That's me. I'm the stranger, but he did it by faith because he loves the Lord. He wanted to be a blessing and he has been a great blessing. And I want you to pray for Mr. Henderson that God will bless this back to him and to his business. And God give him 10 times more than what he ever gave. And by the way, I want to say this. If you or a friend ever need a good used car, I want to recommend to you a good Christian man, Mr. Lee Henderson over on Vancouver Island. The name of his company is landmark auto sales, landmark auto sales. Him and his three sons will treat you like royalty. They'll look after you. So that's just a little commercial plug. What am I trying to say today? I'm trying to communicate that God really honestly wants to give you the desires of your heart. That's what I'm trying to say. What are the desires of your heart today? If they're good desires, I can tell you on the authority of the word of God, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. But the key to all this, the key that opens the door is those first six little words. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Those six little words. That's the key. That's going to open the door. You say, what does that mean to delight yourself in the Lord? Have you ever been in love? Have you, you've been in love with someone and you can't stop thinking about them. You think about them through the day. You long after this person, you dote upon them. Maybe you write notes to them. You read their notes and press them to your heart. You talk to others about them. That's what it means. It means that you will love the Lord, thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul, with all thy mind and with all thy strength. That's what it means. It means you're going to make time every day to study his Bible, looking to know him and looking to know his will for your life. You're going to do that every day. You're going to push other things to one side so that you make the time, take the time to be with him. That's what it means to delight yourself in the Lord. It means that you're going to walk humbly with Jesus Christ throughout the day. I love that verse in Micah chapter six, verse eight. It says, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. You see, that's what it's talking about. But you know what? When you really love someone, it's not that hard to do. And that's the key here. Falling in love with the Lord. Some of you fell in love with the Lord many years ago. But over the years, your heart has cooled. And the Lord Jesus has a message for you today. He says, I have somewhat against thee. For thou hast left thy first love. And if you will get back to that, you will see. That God will give you 
the desires of your heart. I'm going to share you a little secret. I got another desire on my heart. Church building of our own. What do you think? If I delight myself in the Lord, what do you think is going to happen? Me too. Keep praying. So my Christian friend, are you delighting yourself in the Lord? Are you loving him? Walking with him daily by faith. Are you reading his word and praying earnestly to him? God blesses the faithful and he desires to give you the desire of your heart. But before you can delight yourself in the Lord, you must first know the Lord as your personal savior. And if you're watching or listening to this sermon, let me ask you, my friend, do you know for sure, for sure, for sure you're born again and part of God's family? I'm not asking you if you've ever read the Bible or prayed or gone to church. I'm not asking you if your mommy and daddy were born again. I'm asking you, are you born again? Do you know the Lord is your savior? Good question. Pray with me now. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly father, we've learned an exciting truth available for all your children. Oh, father God, I pray that every one of your born again children would learn to delight themselves in you giving you that wonderful opportunity to give to them the desires of their heart. And now father, I pray that if there be even one who's not born again, who's not saved, that you would encourage them right now to repent of their sin, knowing their sin is dragging them down into a place called hell. Any day they could stop living and lift up their eyes in a place called hell. And father, you would impress upon them their need of Jesus, the savior. They would cry out to him right now. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I deserve hell. Lord Jesus, forgive me. My sins come into my heart and be my personal savior. And I'm trusting you and you only Lord to take me to heaven. When I die, father, God bless your people today in Jesus Wonderful name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.